who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I am Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from mystical materials to marvelous minerals. And today, we're talking about Mount Celestia. How's it going, Brian? It's good, man. I'm ready to climb this mountain with you. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna climb this mountain. The the biggest mountain there is, Mount Celestia. Is it like uh, Mount Olympus? Is it like that scene in the car- the animated Hercules with uh, the kid climbing that shit? It's whatever? much, 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 much bigger than that mountain that, for sure. Much bigger, okay. Indeed. So Mount Celestia, uh, also known as the Seven Heavens or uh, the Seven Mounting Heavens of Celestia, mm. is the lawful good aligned plane of the cosmos. Okay, and um, as we've discussed in previous episodes. Every plane is aligned to uh, some kind of lawful neutral, lawful good. Right, very much evil. so. And there's even uh, planes that are kind of in between. For for example, Beator is aligned to lawful evil. Mm-hmm. Acheron is aligned to lawful evil and lawful neutral. What's it's, an Acheron? We'll talk about Acheron another day. Okay. <laughs> but uh, today we're talking about Mount Celestia, which is uh, strictly lawful good. Okay. Uh, and it is, in some ways, it's seen as the lawful good counterpart to the Nine Hells. And there, you're going to see a lot of analogs in bet- between the two, between Nine Hells and, and the Seven Hells. I'm taking it like there are different like subsects of it. Like yeah, seven it's of them divided probably. into layers, and there are beings that are kind of the counterparts of the archdukes of of hell. We'll, nice. we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk all about okay. that. So Celestia is the is ultimate in all things that are both lawful and good, and as such, like all aspects of it are both beautiful and perfect in all ways. No according, flaw according to to who. 
I mean, according to someone uh, from the material plane's perspective, according to the universe. Okay, (laughs) I kind of get that because, like, like somebody from the nine hells would be like, "Nah, that shit sucks. This is perfect." No, I think a lot of lot of creatures from the nine hells would agree that that it is perfect. Oh, but uh, they but, just but don't it's like... perfect and good. Well, theirs they is don't... perfect and evil. I see. So the yeah. mindset is like, yeah, it's perfect and good. I hate it. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty I much. See. I think in this case, the perfect is orderly. Okay. It's, yeah. Everything is designed according to law. Right. So it's depicted as a singular sacred mountain rising from a holy and shining infinite sea. Uh, the mountain itself rises to incomprehensible heights um, above the clouds. And uh, the plane is divided into seven distinct layers or plateaus. Now... The way this kind of lays out doesn't make uh, spatial sense. Like, okay. like, let's say you're in the first layer, you're at the bottom of the mountain, everything's looking beautiful and wonderful, and you're looking up at this gorgeous motherfucking mountain, and you see it goes above the clouds. Um, it seems just like a normal mountain, but when you get to the very highest peak of that mountain, you now enter the next layer, which it itself also looks like an enormous slope going like, up. Yes, I climbed this mountain, wait. Wait a second. Yeah. Because you so, gave me like, you hit me with like a Lovecraftian line right now, which is like, it's unfathomably tall. Like. Right. And it's very much so. We're, we're almost, we're pretty much talking about uh, non-Euclidean uh, geometry. Here. Okay. I mean, that's, sure. but it's not just uh, Mount Celestia that's like that. Uh, the Abyss is like that. And so is, so is Beethoven. Right, they're all they, like that. They're infinitely unfathomable. Yeah. Because e- each layer is infinite in its own right, but they're all part of this one unanimous slope. Right, so okay. It doesn't actually make sense. And <laughs> it doesn't yet, have to. And yet here we are. Yes. So, so as I was saying, uh, the highest point of each layer is the beginning of the new layer. Uh, in Celestia, ultimate good is idealized. And so things like justice, mercy, kindness, understanding, grace are the rules of the land. Okay. All beings here are those things. And that's just the way things are done here. Okay. Um, kind of like in Beator, like the rule of the land is the opposite. Cruelty, ambition, um, selfishness. But defined yada, yada, by yada. laws. Huh? Defined by law. Defined by laws. Yeah. And the same here, like all the justice, mercy, and kindness is right. all defined by laws. So the souls of lawful good uh, humanoids that pass on uh, come to this place, okay. usually. And they become what are called archons, uh, which are the main denizens of this place. So archons are very much the the analog to devils and demons. Okay. So they they, they tend to start as something small and amorphous, and then they, they go through transformations as well. Yeah. So, um, But generally speaking, they're powerful celestials born from the souls of good mortals. Nice. And uh, again, the main population of Celestia. It's like Valhalla for paladins. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. A lot of paladins here, by the way. I think that yeah, kind of goes course. without saying. Yeah. Clerics and paladins the, have fun. So the most common archon is actually called the lantern archon. And they're essentially these floating formless balls of light. Okay. Cool. Flit about. Nice. And, uh, and yeah, but, but, but the thing about archons is they, they're not quite angels. Like they're not, they're not angels. Angels exist here as well. Yeah. But a lot of archons do look angelic, but they aren't angels. Okay. Does that make sense? They're more like this ball of energy. Okay. That's, that's the first form, but there are many forms. Like some are like, some take the form of like a humanoid with a lion head and wings of an angel. Oh God. And some, some just look like statues that that with angel wings, like they look like angels. Okay. Yeah. Okay. there's, There's various forms and archons will get their own episode one day. Nice. Okay. Other denizens of this plane include angels, like I said. Uh, deities of long good live here, and we're going to talk about them. Uh, champions of paragons to good, like paladins, like we talked about before, mm-hmm. um, who 
through their their might and their good deeds, have actually managed to keep their mortal forms. Um, dragons of good live here. Phoenixes, um, Kirins. Remember, we talked about those horse yes. dragon things. Yes. Um, Coatls live here, and many other celestials. Oh, Coatls. So it's just full of beautiful, magnificent, mystical, magical creatures. How do you think Sweet Boy is doing? I think Sweet Boy's doing just fine. A lot fine. of people ask about Sweet Boy. <laughs> I know they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, above all others, the ruling class of Celestia are these seven archons called the Hebdomad. And these are the seven most powerful and ancient of archons. And their relationship with the deities that dwell in Celestia is a little bit unclear to me. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they exist in completely separate hierarchies. Okay. And for the most part, gods completely outrank the Hebdomad with the exception of one um, but we'll talk about him later. He's like the chief Hebdoman. Yeah, he's 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 the chief of the Hebdoman, and we're going to talk about him because he's scary. Okay, <laughs> he's very scary, but he's he's actually pretty cool. I thought, anyways. Um, so the Hebdoman, a lot of them are on like the level of like minor deities or higher. Like they're exceptionally powerful, but okay. they refuse to accept any form of worship. It just it's not allowed. Oh, all right. Um, I think they I get think, like really uncomfortable about it. They're like, oh, no, don't. Uh. I think it has something to do with a conflict of interest. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah. OK. So, that makes sense. So it's like, no, we cannot be gods for we are the Hebdomad. No, we have to, we have to please, be the Hebdomad. Pray to that guy. Yeah. No, and, no. and that's exactly <laughs> what they do. They essentially they will they will guide mortals towards uh, worshiping of, of the deities. They should be. Okay, worshiping. They're like a conduit for. Yeah. 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 OK. So essentially, um, oh, I, I kind of already said this. Like they're they're on the level of like minor deity or or even major deity in one one of their case. But maybe maybe also you could say they're on the level of like solar angels, who are again are very very powerful. Yeah, I'm starting to get an idea of quantification for all that. Yeah, and honestly, it's it's I don't know. I I am glad you are because it's still not clear to me. Well, yeah, it's a, well, <laughs> so, I mean, some of it seems to be on like a sliding scale depending on what lore you're you're dealing with. This but. is true. This is true. Uh, all all said though, the Hebdomad work. With with the gods towards the lawful good. In yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, Celestia is spatially infinite, and so are each of its seven layers. Um, the reason that it's referred to as a single mountain is due to the nature that it must be traversed. You cannot enter Celestia at any layer other than the first layer. Nice. And in order to get to each consecutive layer, you must climb the mountain. Yeah. There you, is. Make there, sure you take your breaks, bring a granola bar, and like let your red blood cells catch up. Now, it said there are secret ways, but they're not known to anybody but the most powerful of like gods. And oh, they're like, I'm not climbing this shit. I'm going the, through the back door. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Nice. Um, so let's actually get into the layers. So the first layer is called Lunia, the silver heaven. Ooh. Now, this is the lowest layer of Celestia, and it's the entrance point. Much like Avernus is the entry point to Beator. Right. You can't just show up in Nessus. You got to go. You got to you got to go all the way down from from Avernus all the way down. Yep. So. um, Oh, quick question. Is the river Styx flowing through? No, not at all. Okay, so that's strictly a. That's a strictly lower plane. Okay, nice. So um, as a matter of fact, uh, the layer of Lunia is the mountain surrounded by an infinite sea of holy water. Right. Okay. So there wouldn't be no, yeah, no river, no no river to flow here. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, it's an awe inspiring mountain surrounded by holy silver ocean. Uh, the shores are dotted with beautiful shining cities of white stone. The sea is actually fresh water, not salt water. And it's filled with breathtaking aquatic life. The sky above, uh, Lunia is perpetually night and it's lit by beautiful constellations of silver stars, bright enough to light the entire mountain. I'm picturing the, um, you've seen Moana, right? Um, like the, go- yeah, yeah, the ghost stingrays that come and like surround. The oh boat. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I see. Super yeah, pretty. Definitely something like that. Cool. A lot of beautiful uh, aquatic life like that. Now, Linia being the entrance point to heaven, um, 
it's it's the most populated. Okay. Uh, it's also got the most um, soul per capita. Yes, but what I'm trying to say, it also has like other powers and societies coming here for trading and whatnot. Oh. So, for example, sea elves tend to show up here from the mortal plane or the plane of water. <laughs> elves. Yeah. Okay. And then, you of know, course they are. Well, yeah, it's, it's also surrounded by uh, water. So the sea elves show up and for purposes of trade. Hey, guys, I sewed up these blankets. You want to make a trip to heaven with me real quick? <laughs> I know, right. We're not going to stay there because, like, we're better, but... Well, yeah, but also elves are, they, they go to Arvandor, which is a chaotic, good place. Okay. Is and that like the end of Lord of the Rings? Um, they're like, get in this boat, Frodo Bilbo. Not exactly. Okay. They're, yeah, but I could see some parallels though, for sure. All right. So also dwelling here in Lunia is Tyr, the god of justice and law. He dwells in his own private realm known as the court. Now, you, you see this a lot with the gods. They they dwell in these layers, but they don't really. They have their own sub layers that are infinite in their own right that they okay. dwell in. So it's like it's more like the layers of heaven have portals to the gods' domains. Okay, that's cool. Which, yeah, it, it works sounds, for me. It sounds like a fucking map in Mario. Super yes, Mario World. it does, doesn't it? Yeah, there's like little <laughs> green pipes everywhere. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's too funny. So the ruler of Lunia is a archon named Barachiel, um, who is an androgynous angelic figure with a long sword and a trumpet. Okay. And uh, he's charged with defending Celestia from incursion. Is this like a, an analog to like Gabriel or something? It's Sounds an analog. Like Gabriel. Well, I mean, it's an analog to uh, Bell or um, Zariel, who's in charge of Avernus. Oh, yeah, okay. I have no idea where the actual angel lore comes from. Okay. Yeah, I did not have time to look into that. I mean, I'm sure it's like, like you know, there are angel lore in from, the Bible. <laughs> from my understanding, uh, most of well, a good portion of the idea behind Mount Celestia comes from. Um, the the Divine Comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So there that is. Um, so yeah, that's Lunia. Um, you'll notice that uh, the lore for the seven layers of heaven is far less extensive than the lore for like the nine layers of hell. Yeah. Um, um, it seems like the the target audience for D and D is more like interested in the nine hells than well it's it has to do with conflict like as a hero you are faced with conflict and have to overcome it right basically if you you come to mount celestia there's really no conflict everything is amazing yeah like, not in you know not I mean? within mount celestia just yeah. outside of like there's conflict with mount celestia versus whoever right mm -hmm. is that what okay which is why barakiel is charged with protecting lunia in the first place because it's their first line of defense against the fiends right the which gateway. they do fight like okay so like Fiends showing up here, like no, time not, to box. Not exactly. Um, it, it's more like they descend upon the fiends when the fiends are like doing. Oh, and they're stuff. getting out of line. Yeah, when when if the fiends get uh, a little bit too uppity and outside of, or acting outside of the blood war, then the heaven's more likely to uh, intervene. But what I'm trying to say here is, um, when it comes to the Hebdomad, only one of the Hebdomad is actually one of the original. Um, okay. The rest have uh, have all been like replacements for those who have died in battle. Oh wow! So like these dudes, they they get down nice. with, with with the war. So yeah. So again, that's the first layer. Let's talk about the second layer, um, Mercuria, the golden heaven. Ooh. So this uh, layer is noted for its mysterious golden light that permeates all living things with or all things within. Okay. Uh, this layer is comprised of beautiful rolling hills and lush valleys that surround yet another mountain. This layer is both the resting place and marshalling ground for the armies of heaven. Um, the noblest warriors and paladins come to this layer when they die. So this place is nice. full of generals and level warlords. 20 characters. Yeah, level 20 characters. <laughs> level 20 paladins for as far as the eye can see. They're flying everywhere. Yeah, exactly. On their pegasi. Yeah. yeah indeed. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, the hills here are dotted with great monuments to many of these warriors, and an annual celebration known as the Day of Memory is held here in their honor. Okay, cool, so nice. Is, it's like it's like Veterans Day. Yeah, and they're heaven. all talking about like, yep, I got stabbed right here, bro. Right. Yeah, indeed. Now look at me now. Uh, fittingly, the god of duty, loyalty, and truth, Torm, dwells here in his realm of true heart. Bahamut's palace, by the way, also traverses the first four layers. So he's all over the place. <laughs> Bahamut's like, this is yeah. my shit. Yeah, he's like, I don't need just one layer. I need all four. I need so, all of these yeah. guys. So he's got a floating <laughs> palace. We talked about this in the Bahamut episode. Yeah. But he's got his floating dope palace with his golden dragon yeah, it's bros. it's like made of gold, right? Or it's made of like mithril. That. Yeah. It's oh literally God. made of mithril. <laughs> and like it just floats about from, from layer to layer. Yeah, for so. sure. As a matter of fact, uh, Bahamut served on the Hebdomad temporarily uh, at one point. That's cool. But, yeah. Fun fact. It's just like satelliting fucking all these layers like, in his <laughs> <No>. palace. <laughs> I wonder if his palace has like a throttle, like a, like a speedboat. It's got like a throttle on it. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he can control it. So yeah. I know he uh, he is a herald of the wind. So now, I mean, it's also said that his palace goes to the elemental plane of air sometimes just for funsies. So. Yeah, just to like to catch those sweet waves. <laughs> Indeed. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. So the ruler of Mercuria is uh, an archon named uh, Domiel or Domiel. Uh, and he rules from this giant golden spire of Aralon, which is like this 400 foot golden tower. Nice. And he just, and that's literally all written about him. Domiel rules from this dope tower. Done. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, any questions about the second layer before we move on to the third? I mean, I don't think I think the questions I have are not answerable because I'm really curious about what else this dude in this gold tower is doing. I mean, that's but. really up for DM's discretion. Um, I, if there is more lore on them, I I just couldn't really find any. Okay. I did a lot of hunting around, but it's up for the comments, I, I guess. If we miss something. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Um, so the third layer is called Venya, and it's also known as the Pearly Heaven. You're okay. seeing a, a yeah. A I, I honestly here. I thought this was going to be the Electrum layer, but oh, okay. I know. No, it's <laughs> the Pearly layer. Okay. Or Pearly Heaven, excuse me. This layer is a bit uh, colder than the others. Um, its slopes are often covered in gentle layer of snow, but they're all also like brooks and rivers that run warm here year-round just oh constantly. nice so, so hot springs pretty, hot much. Springs, pretty yeah. much hot spring rivers it's just um, like a mountain resort right it's yeah. very much so um, <laughs> the, the plane of vacation uh, this layer is composed of beautiful woodlands and terraced fields a soft the soft glow of the sky here is reminiscent of a luster of white pearls all up Ooh. above indeed so the halfling pantheon actually lives here <laughs> What? <laughs> yes, they do. That's they have. Dope. They, oh, have they know a, how to get down. I They're know. like comforts of home. Yeah, and exactly. Shit. Yeah. Um, they have a realm called the Green Fields here, and it's essentially like the Shire in Heaven had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like safety, comfort, bountiful harvest. It's all like the, the time. Shire. The the Shire in Middle Earth came from. Yeah, there yeah. we go. There we go. So another notable location um, on Venya is the icy lake that's known as the Glass Tarn. Now, this is a lake that's nestled between three peaks and fed by this enormous blue glacier high above. And it's a magical lake. If a believer tosses an object of true importance to themselves into the lake willingly, um, a light will emerge from the water and present the individual with a prophecy for their future. Oh shit! Okay. Now, if someone throws uh, an item in there, pretending or like under the guise of it being important, but it's not, a motherfucking archon is gonna come out and kill you. What? 
So that's so that's that. <laughs> I've come to bring you tales of your future stab. You're basically. It's yeah, like basically. Oh. <laughs> the ruler- My grandmother's locket. <laughs> it like, was it of true like, importance nah, to you. Somebody stole that locket. This is a fake. Oh no. See, no, no. See, that wouldn't be the thing that trips. So it. it's the intention. It's the intention. Oh. It's like is it of true value to you? So if yeah. you hesitate, don't even bother. Don't no. even bother going. Well, I mean, if you hesitate, that's actually a good sign. If you hesitate, oh, like to throw you don't want to go. Not, like yeah. if you don't want to give it up. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, that would be a thing. good sign. Okay. If you're just like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe think about it twice. Um, okay. So the ruler here in Venya is a archon named Erethal the Seer. Um, he dwells in an underwater library fortress said to hold more tomes of knowledge than can be read in a thousand lifetimes. That's so cool. Yeah, I know. It's really epic. Yeah. That's all a- all, the, all these uh, Hebdomad dudes like have awesome pads. Most badass shit. Yeah, really, really. Do you remember Last Airbender when they, uh, it's like season two when they're, there's the desert library. Um, it's like a big. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. ruled by this owl spirit that mm-hmm. like. It, this exact description, except this is underwater. Exactly. I was like, oh, Very it's so show. fucking... And that's like one of the coolest <laughs> concepts in that show, I think. Is, yeah. And now it's here. And, and that's kind of what I'm getting from a lot of this. It's like beautiful imagery and much mystery. Yes. Which is probably the way it should be when it, when it comes down to the written down lore. Well, with that being said, let's take a short rest. Let's do it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. It doesn't matter if you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. It's like I said before, Shopify is going to take your business no matter what stage it's at and elevate it to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeon cast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeon cast. Do you know how much you have in common with some of your favorite celebrities, leaders, newsmakers? I'm Evelyn, the host of Reppin, where you'll meet notable people you think you know. You'll find out who they really are and what they represent. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode we're not talking about the last thing we were talking about. We're talking about some new thing and it's love. Right, Will? Indeed. Yes. Who do we love, Will? We love a lot of things, Brian. When do we love them? Wait, no, you're (laughs) supposed to say the audience or the listeners. Yes, I truly love the listeners. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Thank you guys. If you can hear the sound of my voice, thank you so much. We love you. Uh, There's some people we love that we want to thank that support us on Patreon, and that would be uh, Austin Austin D. Cobbs. Thank you, Austin. Uh, Hugo Edwards. Thank you, Hugo. Alec. Thank you, Alec. 
Uh, let's see. We have John Waterman. Thank you, John. And the A-Bomb. Thank you, A-Bomb. Shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to the Patreon. I hope you guys enjoy your bonus, bonus content. Indeed. Yeah. Definitely. Check it out. Make sure you're taking advantage. Um, so what else are we talking about today, Will? I think we wanted to uh, do a quick shout out for our 5e D&D Live Play, SuperQuest Saga. That's right. I we talk that- about Dungeons and Dragons here a lot. It's uh-huh. probably the only thing we talk about. <laughs> I mean, indeed it is. You know, mainly. Um, but, but now we you also, can watch us play it. Yeah, we also like to play this game occasionally when mm-hmm. our, our schedules permit, which is every two weeks mm-hmm. uh, on... The alternating, what, Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah, something like that. We drop it around there. Like, technically, the release of this show is supposed to be Monday, but I'm constantly dropping it on Sunday, so I'm not late. Indeed. That's, yeah. And that's what I do with Super Quest Saga. But I drop I, it on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. If I wait till Monday, I'm getting called out. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah, we have, a, we have a live game, Super Quest Saga, and it's actually a space opera live yes. game. So there's uh, a lot of laser guns and space elves and space goblins and, yeah, it's, and spaceships. Um, it, and, I don't want to call it a sci-fi game because it, it's D&D. It is D and D. We're using five like E D and D rules, races, and classes. Yes, but it is. Uh, but there's it, a lot of homebrew going on. Too. Yeah, but it is a space opera. We are playing in space. Space, space. Spoilers <laughs> for episode one, listeners. Indeed. When we're not in space, <laughs> we go to space. Indeed, we do very quickly. Um, yeah, it's it's very jarring for our in-game characters as well, and some of our out-of-game characters who didn't know about it. It's anyway, um, I think. That if you want to check that out, you should go to our YouTube page. And while you're there, please hit the subscribe button and maybe like some videos. That really helps us out a lot. We're approaching that 10K mark. We might be there by now. Who knows? But yeah, um, that's where it is. The Dungeon Cast on YouTube. Go check out Super Quest Saga. It's fucking awesome. I love playing in it. It was was a great DM. So uh, go check that out. Let's get back to the show. Back to the show. Yeah, up and running. Indeed we are. And we've already ventured through the first three layers of heaven. Yeah, um, the air is starting to get thinner, and it it's getting harder to progress, but we shall endeavor. Indeed. So, uh, real quick, actually, let's take a moment to talk about the whole progression thing. So, there's a lot of things that kind of make progressing through the layers difficult. Like, number one, like let's say you don't belong there, and you're trying to traverse through the through Oh, the like heavens. you're trespassing? Yeah, let's say you're trespassing. Um, not you. You have to deal with like the Hebdomad and all and all the other dangers and paladins yeah, and you're whatnot. Fighting off high level stuff, and it sounds like a lot of it. Right, but one of the built in kind of features of Celestia that prevents anybody who doesn't who is unworthy from from traversing beyond the first layer mm-hmm. is I talked about how the highest point of each layer uh, gets you to the next point. Well, the thing is that highest point is actually hidden from being found by those unworthy and like supposedly as you're journeying through the different layers of heaven you're having to learn certain hard truths about yourself and about the world oh god and unless you shed uh some of your wicked ways you'll never find the path to the next layer so by the time you get to the final layer, you're you're supposedly supposed to be a being of pure goodness and law. Okay. And you cannot get there unless you are, or uh, unless you're like Asmodeus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which and Asmodeus? I think uh, I think he traversed all seven layers like once just because he fucking could. It just <laughs> felt like it. He was I have like, to, yeah. I have to reread that lore. I think I I say it in the Asmo episode, so I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch my own episode. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure Asmo just on a dare using nothing but his wits and knowing the laws of heaven traversed the all of celestia and returned unscathed his his rod he has a rod right uh, yeah he's his ruby rod he's uh he's reverse polarized it to deflect good bullshit i know 
right. He's just like <laughs> swatting stuff out of the way. He destroyed their neon sign that said "Good Only." <laughs> yeah, there like, you ah. go. <laughs> so let's let's actually uh, fucking continue. left some graffiti on like a rock, <laughs> like asthma rules. Well, no, see that would be against the rules, and and that's not asthma's way. He doesn't break the rules. Oh right, he's okay. Just evil about he's just, it. He's just, he just there to climb. He it. bends the rules to do bad things. Asmo is also like very ambitious as far as like you know how people in the material plane in the real world want to like scale Mount Everest. Right. Yeah. Well, also this is an old stomping ground. Like this is like visiting his old house. Re- what? Yeah. Did he fall. I mean, was yeah, he he's a fallen angel. Oh shit, yeah. man! It's been a while since the Nine Hells episode. <laughs> so let's continue with our trek up the mountain of Mount Celestia into the crystal heaven known as Solania. Okay, this is just regular crystal. It's not like quartz or um, lots of different crystal. Actually, there's actually no mention of actual crystal, but we'll we'll get to it. Okay. So this is the fourth layer. So uh, Solani, the sky here is uh, this glowing burnished silver, and here luminescent fogs shroud quiet valleys and tall peaks. Okay. Um, the mountains are rich here with precious ore and minerals, mithril, silver, gold, etc. Nice. Um, the peaks of Solania host great shrines, cathedrals, and monasteries, and these are destinations for inner planar pilgrims okay cool and uh a lot of times minor deities dwell here um there are some major deities that dwell here as a matter of fact here is the vast dwarven mansion known as arachanor and moradin the chief uh greater deity of all dwarven kind and he's also the deity of creation earth and protection he resides here i was gonna say is like if there was in the last plane if there was halfling um, right, you know, pantheon. Then this should be. You mentioned ore, so yeah. Like, and and dwarves are very lawful. Like this is very much in some ways um, the dwarven um, plane of existence. So much how like Arvander the chaotic good is the elven one, right? Of okay. course, dwarves got to be in the polar opposite end over here, lawful. the lawful good. Yeah, and I think it's very fitting. <clears throat> so um, here also lies Moradin's soul forges, which it said he uses these forges to temple, temper and create the souls of his people. Okay. So, yeah, this is where dwarves are made. Nice. This is where <laughs> dwarves are made. And as a matter of fact, none but dwarves are actually allowed in within the mansion. And those who do enter in return speak of stonework and craftsmanship that surpasses anything on the material plane. That's fitting. Very it fitting. Is, it is very fitting. I like it a lot. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So ruling here is a being or an archon named Pistis Sophia. Uh, and she wanders the misty hills and helps everyone that she meets. Uh, she's called Pista Sophia the ascetic due to her monk-like appearance. Okay, that's an unfortunate name. Eh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. If you're an English speaker, I mean, yeah, that's that's an unfortunate name for sure. I just don't yeah. want people calling me Pistis. Uh, yeah, I think it's supposed to be Latin. I don't, or at least Latin sounding. I mean, whatever it is, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like what it sounds like to me. All right. Well, she, she seems pretty cool. So moving on. No, please call me piss for short. <laughs> I think it would be Sophia for short. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. You're probably right. Yeah, I would imagine. So layer five, guess. Mersion, the, plat- the platinum heaven. Now this layer is a wide and open plain that's dotted with great citadels inhabited by paladins, archons, and celestials. Okay. Um, other, another dominant feature of the landscape are these mountainous black spherical domes. Now, let's talk about these domes. Because I couldn't find shit on them. Yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> what are they made out of? I don't know. What is their purpose? No idea. My mind <laughs> shaped a few images and then you destroyed them immediately with consecutive <laughs> each consecutive word you said. So, uh, so I think as we're getting into the higher layers of heaven, we are leaving behind the logic of the material plane. Okay. And so like we're getting into more alien type looking stuff. So this is like an orb? Like yeah. They're like these giant spheres. Now, so now you're sounding the, like the divine comedy to me. 
Okay, so the way I picture them is like, imagine, okay, imagine a black orb made of black stone the size of a mountain. Now imagine it's set into the ground so that you're basically only getting half of it and you're able to walk up them. So it's a hill. Yeah, but perfectly spherical and made out of this weird black stone. Like the best hills are. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, apparently these are the best. So, they have to be the best hills, right? Uh, apparently. And uh, atop the tallest of these domes is the portal to the next layer. So, okay. like, the, you can't avoid talking about these spheres. They're they're imperative to the layer. Okay. You can't get to the next one until you face the fact <laughs> that these spheres are here. <laughs> you have to do it. <laughs> so, um, the city of Tempered Souls is the most noted location of Mershon. It lies on the shores of a cold, clear lake, and it's famous for hosting many magical healing fountains, hospitals, and legendary healers. Okay. So, so this cool. is a really cool destination for like let's say some players some player character or npc has a sickness that like is abyssal in nature or or infernal in nature and nothing can touch it on the material plane yeah your well, greater maybe, restoration spell didn't work yeah well maybe you set on a trek to get to mersion for the healing so the problem is y'all motherfuckers are unworthy so you're having to like Get, like make your way through these five layers of the seven layers of heaven uh, with not, not but your wits. Yeah. And that'd be kind of a cool Unless campaign you're like, bit. You're probably having to like strip away that like sliver of greed you got in you or right. whatever. That'd be kind of a cool one or two shot. I I could get behind uh, a kind of a, a trespass into heaven kind of deal. That'd be kind of fun. We are like trying to like find the the celestial version of like Joan of Arc to heal your friend or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, cause they, they have these magical healing fountains and also like, you know, legendary clerics of the highest degree. Nice. So now this layer is ruled by Raziel, the fire star known for his judicious wrath, but also for his protection and guidance of the patients and clerics of merchants hospitals. Okay, cool. I know nothing else about this man. I mean, it's just a big <laughs> hospital with just a, he's a big the hospital with a real, real powerful doctor, real buff doctor <laughs> who gets real angry. If you do wrong shit, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Mershon. Any questions about Mershon but before we move on to layer six? Um, so this was, was that the dome or did we move on past the dome? Uh, we now we're on top of the highest dome. We're getting ready to hop in that portal. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Bam. Now we're in either, it's either pronounced Jovar or Yovar, but I think it's Jovar. Um, the glittering heaven. Okay. Now this is called the glittering heaven due to the countless gemstones that are embedded and strewn about the hills and plains of this lair. Cool. Um, you're basically just in a giant gem vault. That's it's just gems sweet. for days. It's like supernatural um, looking. Yeah. It's said that the that entire hosts of Archons just wander these fields of gems and contemplate their previous lives here. <laughs> and that's kind of the deal that's kind of going on here is the Archons are actively trying to go up through the layers and okay. trying to become more powerful and better beings. And so there's all this contemplation and philosophical conversation. And it's really cool, but also it doesn't make for a lot of conflict. So again, a a lot of this lore isn't as fleshed out. These, these souls are like, I got to go deal with that time I accidentally stole an napkin from a restaurant. Right, they go like exactly. walk through the gem field. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so the only major location of uh, Jovar that's really spoken about is the heavenly city of Yastira. Now, this is an enormous city shaped in the form of seven-layered ziggurat. Um, the city itself is made of enormous gemstones, and its shining walls can be seen from any vantage point in the layer. So this reminds me of the layer of Dis. I don't know if you remember in the Nine Hills episode where we talked about the Iron Tower of Dis. Yes. And how Dis is Didn't like... shit like move around? It does move around, but more importantly, even though the city is infinite, no matter where you are in the city, you can always see it. That was a very striking detail about, yes, right. I remember that. And it's the exact same thing with Jovar. Um, the city of Yastira can be seen no matter where you are in this infinite plane. It's nice. always just over there. 
Yeah, you you have to like dig a hole in the ground and like go ostrich style to get away from it, and then you can still see it out of <laughs> right. the peripheral. You're like, right. no, what do I do? <laughs> so here is where archons come to achieve their higher forms, um, and it's atop the ziggurat that there is a bridge of pure light that leads to the final level. Uh, final layer of Celestia. Oh, fuck, it's Asgard. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, this bridge is guarded by a mighty solar named Zorona, who turns away the unworthy. Now, remember in the Angels episode, we talked about how most of the solars are unaccounted for? Well, Zorona is quite accounted for. Okay. This is where she'd be. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, Javar is uh, ruled by a Archon named Siltiel, the Defender, who commands the mightiest standing army in all of heaven from his fortress of Pax Exaltia. Okay. Uh, his highest charge is to prevent impure beings from reaching Cronius, which is the topmost layer. Okay, cool. So, Cronius. Any 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 questions about Javar? Uh, I have like a general question. Okay, I'll, let's hear it. Um, it's it's like okay, so Asmo came here mm-hmm. and did mm-hmm. the deed. Mm-hmm. What about like, are there like abyssal incursions like happening in these areas, or like are are armies marching so it's on? Specifically said in a lot of lore that most of these armies don't really have to worry about incursion. They're always ready, but they're never like, it's never actually happened. Okay. It's because the blood war is keeping everyone busy. But another thing that kind of like what I, what I got from all of this lore is, um, one of the reasons they're letting the blood war go on is because I think they can take whoever the fuck wins. Like they made it very clear how goddamn powerful everyone here is. Right. And like, it seems everyone here seems way more powerful than in the nine hells. Yeah, but maybe they're 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 letting the the nine hells and the abyss like deplete yeah. their forces against each yeah. other. The main thing is that like I think the abyss is probably the greatest threat because it's infinite and yeah. like it never stops producing stuff. Right. And the only reason that Asma was able to hang there is because of uh, all the the souls that he gets from mortal kind, mm-hmm. kind of replenishing him. Right, and all his stuff is just more powerful. Than, yeah, he's like pretty demons. much just recycling shit to like fuel his army right so. now the celestia has less souls coming to it because obviously it's harder to get here as a person it's like, hard to be good it's hard to be that good and lawful i want to eat all these chocolate but chip that cookies. being said some of the mightiest of all gods live here and they got a whole host of power you know behind them plus the hebdomad are exceptionally powerful and it's just like yeah this seems like it can hang in that fight yeah totally okay so. So let's talk about Cronius, the illuminated heaven. Now, this is the topmost layer in the final layer of Celestia, and there is no description of its appearance for no entity, save for God or Hebdomad, has ever entered and returned. Oh. It is the goal of most Archons to eventually enter Cronius and suffuse their essence with the pure good and light of the layer. That's like the equivalent of like losing a fighter, though, if they just don't come back from there. True, but I think the it's not stated, but I think one of the reasons that they're guiding the Archons here is it... It furthers the power of law and good as a whole. Okay. So this is like the gas tank of the plane. I guess so. It's like <laughs> the Green Lantern battery. Yeah. That's a much better way yeah, to phrase so that. There it is. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, okay. that's kind of what it comes down to. I mean, that's to. the way you said it made it sound cool. So okay, now it's cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so only one, uh, only one person dwells here, and it's the leader of the Hebdomad, the ruler of all Celestia, Zafkil the Watcher. Nice. Now, Zafkil is depicted as this 10-foot-tall humanoid with gold metallic skin and platinum wings, surrounded by warm light and always bearing an expression of soothing kindness. Okay. Now, I saw there's only one image I saw him, but he essentially looks like the silver surfer, but gold with angel wings. Nice. I mean, that's all you need to know. That's him what he and Bahamut looks like. are best friends. Does he have a surfboard? 
Uh, no, he doesn't have a surfboard. He should. But yeah, I mean, he's got wing. one. Yeah. Wings and a surfboard is redundant. You're right. Yeah, it's it's true. Okay. So he is said to embody the perfect good and is the only the most exalted of creatures can even stand in his presence without being burned alive. Oh. In his good. <laughs> That's too good. <laughs> the idea here is his purity is so powerful that it burns away any neutrality or evil in all things around him. So if you yourself are not exalted and good, like those, that part of your soul burns and it could consume you and kill you. I'm picturing that scene from uh, I always mess up the, the subtitles of Indiana Jones movies. Um, but when they open the. Um, do you remember when the Nazi guys they open up the, the arc, the, 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 yeah. the arc, yeah, yeah, and they they get like burned away, right, by right. the light. Or I whatever. imagine it's very much like that. It's this this guy um, just actively does that all the time. But also like others that are worthy but not powerful enough to, um, what's the word, endure, <laughs> Too will will end up achieving such a state of enlightenment and goodness that they'll fuse with Celestia on the spot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this dude can't just walk around. No, he's got to stay put. <laughs> yeah. Can't so, accidentally um, just go walk down the mountain. I know, right? Whoops. He'll fucking eradicate everybody on accident. So so he watches all in Celestia and sends advice and counsel to the other members of the Hebdomad via telepathy. Um, okay. This is what you're... Okay, if you're ever wondering why the level cap is 20, that's because the, if the level cap were 30, you'd be doing stuff like this. Right, exactly. Your level 30 boons. <laughs> he is essentially the lawful good counterpart to his Modius, um, and he rules through pure peace and harmony. It's said that he may be the most good being in existence. And it's also said that uh, he's the patron of stillborn and sacrificed babies, personally collecting and guiding those souls to heaven. Aww. Yeah, he's a very sweet man. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's Zafkiel, that's Cronius, that's Celestia, my dude. Like, got anything? Got any questions? Um, is the, so is, is this comments? guy the ruler of Celestia? He's the ruler of Celestia. Okay, so he's... And I think it's very apparent that he is on greater god level, or at least close to it. He's like Esmo, where yes, Esmo yes. is, is basically god level or a god. Asmo um, walked up to this guy and like looked at him and was like, let's just call it. I'm going to go home. And yeah. that guy was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, basically. Just, just go. <laughs> yeah, I would not be... I would love to see like a, a campaign idea behind Asmo and this dude going to war. Because they would just be epic shit. It just looks like the fight, uh, the Street Fighter, Ryu and Ken battle. Right. It just looks like that. There you go. Um, but yeah, so uh, I honestly, out of all this, the most interesting thing was Afkiel. I was like, I need more about this character. Yeah, he's so interesting to me. <laughs> that is um, pretty cool. I mean, he's yeah. chilling. Like He's just chilling, but I don't know. There's just... I mean, Asmo's chilling, right? Asmo's just chilling, too. And I find Asmo fascinating as well. Yeah. So I, I really want to know more about this Afkiel uh, character. There's very limited stuff I can find. Most of what I did find was from Planescape setting. Okay. Which makes sense. You know, Planescape's all about exploring the planes, so... So, like, your camp a campaign of players, five mm -hmm. characters, yeah. can feasibly all become level 20 and then go tackle, like, a demon lord, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. probably take down a demon lord uh, with five level 18 characters. Okay. So... Yeah, maybe. So, where are we putting a campaign is it feasible to plan a campaign to march through mount celestia to the top and try Fight to Zafkiel? yeah so like an evil campaign yeah sure um i mean i'm sure you could or yeah. a chaotic neutral campaign or something sure yeah i'm sure you could like it would definitely hmm i could see asmo like 
putting together a team of the five baddest dudes he can find okay. on like an assassination mission. And maybe he's he's gifted them all with like a medallion with a piece of his divinity in it to protect them from Zafgil's aura. Yeah, like the cult of Asmo did it right. And he's like, yeah. you're all ready to go now. Yeah, it, it would be something like that. That would be kind of interesting. And they launch that. They, they steal like a gith Yankee boat and like send yeah. them on the into the... Right, and it's and it's just like it's a stealth mission through the seven layers, trying to find your way up there. Oh, you could man. do a whole campaign like that. That'd be super dope. I That'd would, be cool. I would, re- I would buy that book. They're all like, <laughs> le- they're, what if they get to like the, the one of these like six layer or whatever, and they've stripped away so much of their evil that they like forget why they're there. Oh yeah, I think that <laughs> that could be one of the dangers. But also, I would imagine they'd be trying to find all the secret paths. Yeah, so totally. they'd be like capturing fool, capturing fools and like uh, interrogating them and all that other stuff. They're trying know? to go down every green pipe, yeah. but like some of them are duds. You know, like you're. It'd be like it'd be like the reverse of Frodo going through Mordor, where like they're they're going through the 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 rocks and whatnot, and all of a sudden like they have to hide because Bahamut's palace is soaring by. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be so dope. Roll for stealth. I now Bahamut sees you. Time now you got now you got dragons. Time to, to deal fight with. these golden bros. Yeah. So, oh wow. So yeah, that that I'm would just be really rogue. cool. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> Um, well, I would imagine that if you're sent here and you're not just a rogue, you're a level 20 badass demon or devil worshiping. You're cultist. still just a rogue. I mean, yeah, but you're a really speaking, damn good rogue. Yes, you were the best rogue, but okay. like you're still just like hopefully your sneak attack goes off, you know? Well, with that being said, I think we're going to take our long rest. Let's take our well, let's start to get ready to take <laughs> our long rest, which is like let's unpack. Yeah, we don't end. This is the, welcome to the new farm of the show, everybody, where I start talking about thanks for the Patreon stuff, everyone. Well, we did that earlier. We did do that earlier. Thanks again. Make sure you're checking out the bonus content if you're on our Patreon. Indeed. Um, Super Quest Saga. We tackled that. Thanks for Indeed. watching, everybody. Uh, your feedback is really appreciated. Thanks for all the commenters on YouTube um, and all of the wonderful iTunes reviews that you guys leave. Yeah. Um, very we also, wonderful. We also have a gaming channel called GDC Plays where we play Pokemon, Smash Bros, and a bunch of other stuff. We're not playing Smash Bros yet. I we're gotta buy there. a capture. We're card. working on it. Okay. It's coming very soon. Uh, um, we're also playing a horror game called Outlast, and, and we got more games coming down the pipeline. But we got a link to that below. So if you want to join us here at the Dungeon Cast playing video games, check that out. We got yeah. another YouTube channel. We are able to uh, do these other projects because you guys are so kind as to help fund our. Are the thing we do here. So Indeed. thank you guys so much for for donating to the show, for helping us keep the lights on here. Um, we do have we do have umbrella lights going on right now. Um, <laughs> Indeed we do. But it's thanks to you guys. So um, yeah, go check out Patreon. Um, if you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on, like we said, YouTube. Um, yeah. And we're we're approaching 10k if we're not there yet. So that'll get some great visibility for the show. Please help us out there if you can. Um, we really appreciate you guys. Well, with that being said, we're going to call it a game. Call it a game. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Hey, Jenny, have you um, ever heard of a vampire slayer? Do you mean the one girl in all the world with the strength and skill to fight the vampires, demons, and forces of darkness? I do. Oh, yeah, I've heard of her. Cool. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Never seen Buffy before? We will protect you. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? <laughs> Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. 
So if you've never watched Buffy, or if you're about to watch the series for the 14th time, come over and join us. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.